Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk About Grace and Peace, the new limited podcast series from Grace Hill Church. My name is Jason, and we're excited to be bringing you engaging interviews that explore how our church's vision impacts our lives and the ministry at our church. Each episode will feature conversations with leaders from Grace Hill, exploring their own experiences with and excitement surrounding the vision for Grace Hill as well as offering practical advice for those looking to live out this vision in their lives. We hope you enjoy. So now, let's talk about grace and peace. Well, hey, wherever you are listening to this, I want to welcome you to episode number two of Let's Talk About Grace and Peace. And today, I'm really excited because I am here with, drumroll please, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, I thought I was going to give a drum roll. No, no, um, I'm, I'm not, not a physical <laughs> drum roll, just, you know, yeah. that, that anticipation. All right, well, here it is. Jessica Reisinger. Um, and Jessica, what yeah. do you do here at Grace Hill? Yeah, I work with our school partnerships at Grace Hill, amongst other things, with Compassion Ministry. Lots of things with uh, all different sorts of mission ministry partners. Uh, so it's great to sit down with you today on a very cold Tuesday. We're in that third winter, or whatever they call it, that third fake winter. Uh, it's also are. like the pollen season slash yes. mud season. We're getting it from like all sides. All we got the pollen on one, and we woke up to it being 26 degrees outside today. Yeah, so uh, I am definitely coffee in hand. I'm surprised you're not coffee in hand. Already had it. No, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Well, <laughs> I, I have not, because it's also time change week, and yes. so we're all trying to adjust our schedules and lives and uh, we were talking before the uh, before we started recording that you know it's kind of messed up but yesterday our kids are all on spring break and it's three o'clock and we're going it, it's only three o'clock because it feels so much later so much time which is a good thing which is a good thing which yeah. is a good thing well uh in this podcast series uh i am flipping the mic around and getting a chance to interview some folks in our church some leaders in our church and uh jessica is in the hot seat today and uh, we're just talking about our vision and trying to help uh, each other understand a little bit more uh, insights about our vision, what's exciting to us, what's going to be a challenge for us. Uh, but before we get into that, I'm throwing everybody a little bit of a curveball because everybody got the questions ahead of time. Yes. <laughs> but we're doing a speed round. Okay. And right. so just these, you don't know what's coming. And just like I said with Matt, you don't have to give any context for your, you don't have to justify your answers. Okay. Just roll with it. It's totally fine. It's hard and for me not to justify my answers sometimes. I know. So I'm just I know. That's why I'm, that's why I'm, I'm saying that to yes. everybody. So you don't need to justify your answers. Give me your first thought. Uh, no judgment on any of these. And then I'll ask you to explain one. Okay. So one of them I will ask you. Okay. She has not seen these. So here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Speed round. High school lacrosse or UT football? Oh dear, high school lacrosse. Oh, I feel like that was a, a mercy, <laughs> I mean, a mercy I'm a answer. Mom. I'm a mom. <laughs> okay, now this one, I don't, I don't think you're a fan. Okay. But this, you're from the area. Okay. So I got to ask you like the localized question: New Jersey Nets or Brooklyn Nets? New Jersey all New, the way. New Jersey the only all way. the way. All right, here we go. Number three: state parks or national parks? Mm. National. Uh huh. All right. Uh, guacamole or salsa? Oh, guacamole. Really? Yes. Okay. All right. Um, I think I know the answer to number five too, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Attend a party or host a party? Host a party. Mm-hmm. All right. Now give me one rationale behind one of those. Okay. I'm going to go back to that lacrosse Tennessee okay. football thing. You feel guilty. I feel right. guilty because I have two men. Well, really three. The third one doesn't care so much, but two that would fight against that. 
However, I chose lacrosse because I'd much rather watch somebody I personally know uh. play a game than a bunch of guys that I don't know. However, go balls. <laughs> we all agree to disagree on this podcast. Uh -huh. uh, we are becoming a community of grace and peace, even if Starting some of us here. like the balls and others of us like the bulldogs. It's okay. Yes, I think we need to move on. <laughs> So, Jessica, thanks for the uh, speed round there and uh, being uh, painfully honest about high school lacrosse <laughs> over UT yeah. football. Um, so, the, we just want to jump right in and talk about our vision. Now, you've been on staff at Grace Hill since back in 2017, I think it was. Yes, when came I on. think that was the beginning of it. Yeah, and so you were here through a lot of our, obviously, all of our transition we've made over the last several months. And then uh, you were really part of the process from the beginning with... Mm -hmm. uh, going through our vision and reevaluating it and the conversations surrounding it. So just first question up out of the gate, you know, what excites you about the vision for our church? And here's one thing you may not know about Jessica, but we all know about Jessica is that uh, she cries very easily. So it is my goal today <laughs> oh, yay. for tears. Uh, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I, I feel like yeah. it would be a successful podcast. Okay. Well, if we now I feel the pressure. <laughs> I do cry about being angry and frustrated. So let's hope it's not. Yeah. yeah no, no, no. Absolutely. This is all good. Good reasons. Yeah. Heartfelt um, tears. Uh, so what, what excites you about the vision for our church? And again, just to recap, uh, our vision statement is we are becoming a community of grace and peace for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, having a vision statement like that, period, is just, it's clear cut. And that's exciting to have something that you know, this is the basis for why we're doing everything that we're doing. Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, as we kind of formulated all the wording to everything, literally each word we put in there, we just sat there and we're like, okay, is this the word that needs to go in there? Mm -hmm. Do we need to change it to another word? So I love becoming... Um, just because it means we're not to the point yet. Mm. We're always in motion towards our goal and hopefully always will be. It's never going to be an end point where we say, okay, we became, it's just a process. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> yeah, we're never, ever going to be done with this. Um, so I love that word because it's an action forward. Mm -hmm. um, I love grace and peace and uh, for obvious reasons, but I think also it was interesting to me that we chose grace and peace and then pretty immediately we had some really heavy stuff happen in our city that was like we just named grace and peace as our thing we're holding on to and here is this tragedy yeah. and tragedies continuing that always need grace and peace mm -hmm. and so those words to me um while they sound light and friendly they're also heavy and yeah. working towards becoming and so mm -hmm. i think choosing those words is really um, a good foundation for us to pursue. Could you maybe elaborate? I, I don't want to stop you from getting yeah. into the for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus, but yes, could you maybe elaborate much. just kind of that moment for you where it was grace and peace, okay, we've got this idea here, yeah. and then these heavy moments happen in our city, and I assume you're probably talking about the Tyree Nichols Correct. and some of those type yeah. events that have happened recently. Kind yeah. of talk to me how personally that... Um, kind of intersected for you yeah in well life. and I think that specific instance um was definitely what I was talking about however not being from Memphis mm. um and coming here <laughs> straight out of college not knowing anyone but the girlfriends I moved here with 
Um, everybody asked me, why in the world would you ever want to move to Memphis? Yeah. And I was like, it's an adventure, my friends are going, and I like an underdog in the situation. Yeah. And so, you know... Yeah, you're a UT fan. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thought we weren't going back there. Um, but yeah, I mean, coming, literally driving from New Jersey to Arkansas to college, you pass through Nashville, which is lovely and hilly, and yeah. then you get flat, and you get to Memphis, and you drive over the bridge, and you're like, there is nothing but dirty buildings around yeah. here, and what is even here? And so when people would say, why are you moving there? Um, I kind of got a little defensive about it. I'm like, well, what are the good things about here? Like, yeah. let's not talk about the things that we don't like. I mean, we're going to find the things that are good of the city yeah. um, and live for them and, you know, stick up for them and bolster them and all those kinds of things. So I've kind of just had this mentality coming into Memphis of, this is not my hometown, but I don't like how everyone's talking about it. <laughs> and so <laughs> I want good for this city. Yeah. And so all of that has kind of just been background for me. But then you have these specific things where there's murder and there's injustices all the time. And so um, fresh off of the heels of that, it's kind of like these words are just timely. And mm. they're, you know, what our city needs. Um, granted, your city is wherever you are. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm in Memphis and yeah. they need it. I mean, we need grace and peace here. So... Well, and so much of that uh, idea really came from the, and, and I love what you're saying about Memphis and the city and the kind of the underdog and not being from here, uh, because so much of the whole idea about becoming a community of grace and peace uh, really comes from the Jeremiah text, uh, the Jeremiah 29 passage, where it's the word of the Lord that comes uh, through the prophet Jeremiah to the people who uh, they're 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 going to be exiled in Babylon, a, a different city. They don't know anything about the culture. It doesn't feel like home, any of that, and they're wondering, well, what do we do? Like, what, what, how do we how do we uh, acclimate into this culture? What are we supposed to do? And the word of the Lord comes and says, build houses and settle down, plant mm -hmm. gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city for which, to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And I think one of the things that we had all talked about, I totally agree with you that, you know, Memphis and our surrounding area, uh, and there's lots of historical reasons mm -hmm. for this that we won't get into today yeah. on the podcast, <laughs> but Memphis and the surrounding areas uh, have so much sort of been viewed as, um, well, I'm not there. I'm not dealing with those problems. Right. I'm getting away. Uh, and, and I think we just as a staff, we didn't know a year ago how to maybe verbalize it, but I think as a staff, we just felt like, well, no, this, this area is our home. Like, yeah. why would we not want to try to make it better? Why would we not want to try to invest in it? Right. And I think the roots of that, and again, I'm throwing questions on you that we weren't uh, no necessarily thinking through, but I think a lot of the roots of that go back to our uh, partnership with Germantown Elementary mm -hmm. School that it exposed us to maybe in our little bubble out here, right. maybe some things that we were unaware of. I wonder if maybe you could maybe just kind of talk about 
a little bit of Germantown Elementary, what you've yeah. seen there, and how that kind of informs your a kind of, uh, I guess, passion or compassion mm-hmm. with the idea of grace and peace, just how that may have kind of over, yeah. over, you know, intersected with one another. Well, I mean, over the years that I've been here, <clears throat> we've dealt with three different principals at that school. They all had a different flavor on how they did things, but the running theme is just that they need partnership mm-hmm. in um, someone to come alongside them that's going to help them fill in gaps for different things. They have a lot of <clears throat> families that both parents are working several jobs, maybe even to where you know the kids um, sometimes are on their own. Sometimes grandparents are even taking care of them, or aunts or uncles or that kind of thing. Um, so they're not able to come into the schools and really uh, maybe do the things that we might see at schools in Collierville or other places. Um, So there's always a need there, and the principals that we've dealt with have always just welcomed us like we were part of their family and um, always wanted us to be there and be part of what's going on. Primarily, I feel like, because they know that we care about them, and they know that we're not just going to come in and say, here's our agenda, we want to do this. It's more of, what do you all need from us, um, and how can we come alongside you? We're not here to take over. We want to help you do whatever it is that you're doing. Um, And they just, they have needs. Um, A lot of their families have needs. Their school in general has a lot of needs um, that get overlooked by the city. Uh, Just the circumstances of Germantown right now are no one's just running to their doors to go make it beautiful and um, supply things. There's uncertainty around that school too. Yeah, they they just don't know. And so it's kind of a day-to-day thing where they... um, go about their business, do the best that they can, and then, you know, we come alongside them, and it's it's like a family partnership. They just yeah. love the fact that we're able to love on them and support them how we can. So we've always kind of seen that going on, and even, you know, when you talk about uh, any kind of partnership that we have here in Collierville with our schools, sometimes we only see the big shiny picture on the outside of what we have, um, but, you know, some of us who are in the schools and volunteering, see and know personally families that have issues going on or talk to kids and they bring up things that you would never even think to talk about um, because you're somebody new and maybe a friendly face and so they kind of divulge information that really makes your heart break for them Mm -hmm. and so um, I think you know even as a staff having us be in the schools whether we have kids there or we're volunteering in different positions we understand that things go on in Collierville. We understand that things go on at Germantown. They go on everywhere. Um, We might not see them at face value, but we know that they're there. And so we're kind of always on the lookout for how we as a church can um, help people or come alongside them or, you know, fill in gaps where they need it. (laughs) We in the, in the burbs um, have some resources at our hands to mask our pain a lot more than maybe some of the needs that we find or some of the people we encounter that live more um, in the city and some of these other communities yeah. that we connect with, uh, their, their, their needs and pain, they, they don't have the, the, the resources in order to be able to mask those. So it's very evident yeah. where in the burbs, we kind of live under this kind of false pretense of uh, ideas. You, in, in just talking with you now, it feels like you very much connect the idea 
of grace and peace to the next statement in our vision, uh, which is for the good of our city. You've talked mm -hmm. kind of, I, am I right on that? That yeah. those two ideas for you very much are kind of intertwined. They're not two separate statements. No, They're very much intertwined. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, they definitely are intertwined to me. Um, going back to coming, choosing to come here um, <clears throat> and realizing there is good here and I want more good for mm. the underdog, so to speak. Yeah. Um, and so all the things of grace and peace for the good of our city are hand in hand. There's no reason, like in my mind, there's nothing but it being together in a statement. So I think um, the fact that our city obviously needs it, um, and we know that even when it's not obvious we need it, those two things go together <laughs> of grace and peace and for the good of our city. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's great. And then, uh, again, I, I told Matt this. You know, don't don't Jesus juke me on the yeah. on the for the fame of Jesus. But I wonder if you could just kind of talk about that part of the vision statement and how that has connected or resonated or challenged you in some way as we worked through that process. What about that part of it that yeah. maybe excites you? Um, well, as a Christian, there's really no point unless it's for the yeah. fame of yeah. Jesus. I mean, you can do all kinds of great things, which I think God builds that into our character, um, whether people know it or not. Um, we have this hole that we want to fill to do good. Like, we want good for people, generally. Um, and so, as a Christian, it only makes sense that it's for the fame of Jesus, because if it's for my fame or our church's fame... Mm -hmm. That disgusts me, honestly. Like for churches that it's for their fame, we might not say that out loud, but sometimes it feels like that. Um, but it truly is for the fame of Jesus. And so that also just takes the pressure off of us to say, if this doesn't turn out right, I failed at it. We might have a part in some of the failures. However, it's really God takes our failures and creates what he intended for it to be anyway. So you almost can't have that tagline without the end piece if you're a Christian. So it, like I said, all those words that we pieced together were so <clears throat> hand-picked mm -hmm. that it just completely makes sense and it's it's a great motivator. Yeah. Well, there's a lot about our vision uh, statement that in a lot of ways, I think we had talked about this early on, is we didn't want to feel like a massive pivot in our church. Mm -hmm. It was In some ways it was <laughs> Who are we already? Like, well, what's the trajectory that we're right. on with with our passion and our heart and what we do? Um, and just how do we clarify that mm -hmm. a little bit? I wonder if there was maybe uh, like a moment that you remember that was, uh, I described it as like an aha moment. Mm -hmm. Like you just went, oh man, I, I see how this is all coming together. Or a moment that was maybe really exciting for you in a meeting we were having or something where you just really felt a lot of synergy around the idea of becoming a community of grace and peace for the good of our city in the name of Jesus. Yeah, I mean, for me, one of those times was early on when we were trying to decide what is our next big step, and it was going to have to be a big step. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of had... Three choices that we were working through and the only choice that made sense in my mind was and again because this is the direction that our hearts were going is to sell our building to have what we need to have to help our city for the fame of Jesus we yeah. didn't have those words yet yeah. um, but like you said it was just a natural progression 
the direction that we were headed and our hearts were always leaning that direction but to finally just say now we feel really empowered to use <clears throat> money that we have which I say this all the time it's not really ours anyway and yeah. so <laughs> if God has this for us let's use it yeah. for the things that he wants to do with it yeah. so that was really for me the first yes like I'm ready to do I don't want to say something different because that's what we were leaning towards, but to make such a drastic shift that's countercultural. We talk mm -hmm. about that a lot of, that's the other thing that's really appealing to me is that this is not typical. Mm -hmm. And when you tell people, oh, we sold our building, the other question that always comes is, <laughs> or are you going to build? What are you looking for? We're like, yeah. I, we're just looking for God, yeah. like to yeah. show us where that is. And currently it's at Malco and that's countercultural. Who does yeah. that kind of thing or sells their building um, or says, I'm going to use all this money for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus. So <clears throat> that was really the first point where I thought, yeah, let's move on. Let's do this big thing or just trust that God's going to do something big with it yeah. um, and see what comes of it. And that's exciting. You know, I hadn't even thought about this idea of the vision statement and in some ways sort of being this kind of background fuel for those mm -hmm. reasons we made those decisions. But you could have literally taken our vision statement that we have now and put it ahead of that decision and gone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, of course we would make this big yeah. transition. Why? Because we want to become a community of grace and peace for the good of our city. Like, it, it just so married into the heart. And it's one of the things I'm encouraged by is because this isn't a massive pivot. It will cause some changes in our mm -hmm. church as we embrace it and it becomes more clear and, and we learn how to uh, storytell around it and, and, and prioritize certain things in our church around it. But it, it's not a 180 for right. us as a church. It, it's not. It's not. It is, in a lot of ways, it's very sort of historical. Mm -hmm. This has a lot of roots back for years of our church. Uh, and, and I hadn't thought about that. I'm, I'm glad you leaned into that because it's actually really encouraging me to me to think that if we had had this vision statement 14, 15, 16 months ago. <laughs> would have been easier to... Well, it would have just dovetailed yeah, perfectly yeah. into all the decisions that we've made. Exactly. Um, uh, and in some ways, I, I wish we had had it 14, 15, 16 months ago because I think it would have been a lot clearer for some people why yeah, we were doing what we true. were doing. So um, um, I, I'm curious, is there any uh, personal story... Uh, that you would want to share uh, uh, from working through the process of the vision. You know, we obviously we had a lot of meetings, mm -hmm. <laughs> we had a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, there was a lot of, um, uh, you know, phone calls where we were kind of all sort of throwing ideas back and forth. We did some off-site planning meetings. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot that went into creating and crafting this. Any personal story either through the process or since things have become more clear and it's been communicated any personal story of just how this has kind of uh affected your life as a follower of jesus as a staff member a member of the team all that any anything that's kind of been challenging for you in that way well we may even get to this but i'll jump the gun a little bit um one of the things that you had kind of asked us about is inviting people to be a part of what we're doing yeah um and it can be intimidating when you feel like I'm bringing this person to a church building to experience our church and 
not really center around God and what he's doing, but I hope they like the kids ministry or I hope they like the worship service or I hope enough people come and say hello to them that sometimes it just feels like, oh, that's too much to even ask somebody yeah. to come and be a part of because I feel like I have to watch it. I have to make sure, you know, that they're having a good time when, again, my failures can be supported by God and changed to be what they're supposed to be. Um, so finding a place where we are now, and I don't mean location, I mean just general feeling about our vision statements, um, our missions and vision and all of that, um, to where when we're inviting people to become a part of what we're doing, it's not to come see our church and I hope they like the worship service. It's more of what are we doing and what is the basis for all of this? Mm which is in our mission statement. Mm -hmm. And so I've found myself more of speaking to maybe the desires of people's hearts as in, you know, I know this friend of mine is a very compassionate person. And if they are more willing to find Jesus in serving others, mm -hmm. I'm inviting them to serve yeah. others. And so um, it's kind of taken the pressure off of, hey, I want you to come to church with me, yeah. which that'd be a great byproduct. But I've found myself almost just saying, Hey, our church is doing this thing. Do you want to come and help us with it? And if not, that's fine. Um, they at least know what's going on with us yeah. and what we're doing. Um, or I've had friends who are in really hard life circumstances and just need that little bit of breather, um, to feel like they can be in a place where God's going to meet them but not feel overwhelmed by everything that's going on. And so inviting them to come and be a part of the mindset of what mm -hmm. we are and not just come to church and a worship service and that kind of thing. So for me, it was more, or it is more of a mental shift of inviting someone to church per se versus inviting someone to be a part of what we're doing, mm -hmm. which happens to be for the good of our city and the fame of Jesus. Yeah, so yeah. it's more of a practical kind of thing and a mind shift for me to, you know what, I'm not in charge of their entertainment factor. I'm in charge of just presenting this to them. Yeah. And truly the gospel is spreading God's word and being the hands and feet of Jesus. Um, as opposed to all the other stuff that maybe I tended to worry about more <laughs> when we were in a church building mm -hmm. per se. Yeah. So uh, that was definitely a mind shift for me to mm -hmm. think about it differently. And all of the practical, tactical things are really important. I mean, right. we want to make sure the environment is clean and we're well prepared and there's great yeah. signage and kit. All of those things are important. But I would piggyback off what you just said. It it felt to me it it felt like many times before this vision got in place that was kind of it. And you used yeah. a word that would make a lot of people probably recoil. And, and I love that you used the word. And I don't think you meant it necessarily in this way, but you said, uh, I'm not I'm not responsible for the entertainment factor. Mm -hmm. But but there is a big part of the church, that, of what it has become, that it is, in some ways, whether we would say those words or not, many churches are kind of banking on that. Mm -hmm. That they can out kids ministry or out preach or out worship or out produce or out lobby environment or whatever right. it is the other church and so it feels like in a lot of ways what I hear you saying is we have an opportunity to invite someone to engage with our church uh, with a bigger idea yes. maybe, than just to connect with a bigger mm -hmm. idea about what church 
and Grace Hill could be than just one hour right. and 10 or 15 minutes right. on a Sunday morning, depending upon how long the preacher goes. Um, <laughs> one hour on a Sunday morning, but that is actually something bigger than that. Yes. And it engages and touches people's lives, maybe in some, some very real ways. Exactly. And I think that's the mind shift of... You know, everyone's in a different place. And mm-hmm. if they're at a church that fits their needs and God is speaking to them at that place, Absolutely. be there. Yeah. Um, and if that happens to be where we are, be there. Mm-hmm. And we also want this for you to be able to participate in God's mission. So um, I don't doubt that God can use people wherever they're going. Um, but I do feel like we're able to, or at least we're more aware mm-hmm. of what we want for people. We want good for people. And that does include deeper relationship is community which is a i don't think i even talked about that word but that is a big (laughs) word for us i mean we're meant to be in community um that could mean a million different things but we don't ever go anywhere where we're not with people and so that word may be the most timely word for like our moment in time even more than grace and peace or you know the the good of our city and you know again not to jesus juke anybody but you know the fame (laughs) of jesus i I think most people would say well that yeah that should be the aim of the church is for the fame of jesus but community and people are lonely people are isolated the pandemic caused us to kind of retreat a lot and how do we make friendships now and yeah we're territorial we're we're tribal and all these <laughs> things so the fact that a church would hold out that part of our vision exactly is community yes yeah. is, is i think it's very very timely i i can't believe i missed that word entirely but that is <laughs> like i said well, there's we some chose, other really good words in there so it's okay. <laughs> each word specifically but yes i mean community and when i think about inviting the people that i was talking about it is because I have a relationship with them or yeah. I'm almost have to be because we're on, you know, the same team or the same whatever. Um, and so I have community with them and what better way to dive deeper into community than invite them to be a part of good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. It, that was one of the hard parts um, in January when we did the becoming series and I rolled all of this out. Uh, because I, I could have done a whole week just on the first word, which is week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that word is not just a, a flyer word in there. That's an intentional word. Right. Is that it, it is not me, uh-huh. you know, as a pastor. It's not our leadership. It's not, it's we. Yeah. Like every single person, that, when they say this thing, we are becoming, it is, it is, it is implying togetherness exactly. and a community idea. And that was one of the hardest parts about trying to plan that series is, you know how do you how do you frame this up? Because there's every word in the vision statement matters. Yes. And we we you said it earlier. We chewed over every word and wrestled with yes. every single word <laughs> for a long time. Lots in a and very lots of exhausting meetings. way. <laughs> I think you guys were tired. Like oh man, another yeah. meeting to discuss one <laughs> word for an hour. It's funny that you can go through that long process and you're like, God, what? what are the words like can we just get them but then i mean everything takes time and yeah i feel like we finally got to the point where god was like these are your words yeah 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 you you go through all those years Mm -hmm. of you know kids stumbling around trying to walk and change diapers and and now we've got kids in high school and some of us are like where did the time go and in some ways again very you know not in exact ways but in some ways it sort of felt like that it felt like we were birthing something by going through the process we did with the vision of uh, 
elders asked me in May to start working on this. I took the summer and read and prayed and journaled a lot, and then late July, early August, really started bringing people into just just the thinking. I didn't have I had a lot of words on the paper, but mm-hmm. this this phrase did not exist anywhere on the paper. And uh, scriptures that God had really kind of you know worked over in me and asked the staff and the elders to just pray about it, meditate mm-hmm. on it, think about it, <clears throat> and then we started getting together and trying to craft and put mm-hmm. these things these ideas together. So that's where we've been, and that's kind of where we are now with some thinking. But but a year from now, if you had to fast forward a year from now, where where do you kind of hope and pray we would be as a church? Maybe specifically related to school partnerships maybe just church in general like what's your dream for us a year from now as we think about where we're headed as a church and how it relates with our vision yeah well when we talk about community um that just resonates for you know it feels like a family and Mm. so you want everyone to feel family Mm. um and so in a year I would love to see a ton of people that I don't know walking through the doors mm. of wherever we are. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't happen easily because before it used to be, oh, I saw that building and I wondered what it was yeah. and then I drove by and figured it out or then I saw your sign and figured it out and came. Now it's going to be a little bit more intentional where yeah. we are going to have to say to people, this is what's going on. Do you want to be a part of it? Hey, do you just want to check it out? You know, yeah. whatever the situation. So that having more people would mean mostly that our current church family is asking other people to be a part of our community. And so that would be exciting because obviously that means they're on board with what we're doing and they're excited about it. Mm-hmm. They're seeing movement in it. They're seeing God work in it. So Numbers, while I don't really care about numbers, I do want to see people that I don't even know who they are yeah. in our um, worship service or partnering with us and serving our community. So that would be one thing. Um, for what we currently have going on or what I hope the future to be, I just think more um, community time, whether that's small groups mm-hmm. or Bible studies or serving together, that kind of thing. Um, I think when you do hard things together, you bond better. And then your mission goes further because you really believe in whatever it is you're doing. So um, those are kind of the things that I think it would be amazing to see in the next year. Yeah, yeah. So Sunday, this past week, we had been planning to do an off-site uh, serving project. We do these events a few times a year where we get outside of the walls of the church and we go serve together and so we're planning to go to germantown elementary do a beautification project do some projects over there that they needed us to do and it was cold and it was rainy and it was gross outside and so we pivoted and what i love about our vision statement is we pivoted and did something that uh to a lot of people would seem very simple but has a I think a pretty big impact. And so I wonder just as we kind of wrap up, if you wouldn't talk a little bit about what we did Sunday and the beauty of just pivoting and the connection that that can form with our community as we think about Mm -hmm. grace and peace and for the good of our city. Yeah, well, what I loved about Sunday was we had one planned project we were going to do and our fallback was also unplanned but it was to serve our community and so it wasn't just this oh let's create something out of nowhere to make this feel like we're doing something it was 
this is on the docket of how we're going to serve our community and today happens to be the day that we've got time to do it so um we so the last couple of years we've worked with a high school and one of our middle schools to put up you matter signs um and the whole process came about because i was meeting with one of the school counselors at the high school and kind of running through some ideas and she was saying you know we're coming through pandemic time and there was a period where lots of people would go out to hospitals and just cheer for the nurses and doctors because they yeah. were putting in long hard hours away from their families completely covered in everything you know just very uncomfortable situations caring for other people who needed it and so we kind of took that idea and morphed it a little bit to fit our settings with schools and said what if we created signs um, where we hand wrote out each teacher's name and said so and so you matter mm -hmm. and that's kind of our way of clapping for them and standing up for them and saying we see the hard work that you're doing for our students and for our community um, the good you put into them mm -hmm. is going to translate into lots of good for our city and so we decided we were going to make signs for every single teacher and staff person down to cafeteria workers, officers, everybody got one with the, their name written on it. Um, and then we put them out on campus. So mm -hmm. when they come to school, they don't know that they're going to be there and they drive mm -hmm. in and see hundreds of signs with each person's name that says Jason Stockdale, you matter or whoever the teacher is. Um, and so that alone impacted the teachers. And it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> It's cool to see, first of all, um, but for them to see that someone took the time to write their name, and so they're thinking about that person is very personal, um, and then the message of you matter, and we don't always get the chance at schools maybe to say God, mm -hmm. um, but... <laughs> God loves you, and that's why you matter. You right, <laughs> right. Um, the message is clear, but also I get to say that because of yeah. my connection with them. Um, I get to tell them, hey, principal, we want to do this because we care about you, we see what you're doing, um, and we want you to know that you matter to God and you matter to us. And so we get to voice those words to them. Um, and then personally, a lot of us have teachers in our lives because yeah. our kids go to school here or we know them for different reasons. And so we can translate the shortness of you matter into what that means to them. So it's one of those things where it's And let's been, be real. Teachers need encouragement. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> teachers the, need to yes. be reminded that they matter. They uh, for sure do. I mean... <laughs> I could tell you stories, and oh. I'm not even in a classroom daily, but I don't know how they do it, and they need some major support. So I think us doing this makes them feel seen, and that that alone is one thing. You know, serving people in our community, people just want to be seen yeah. and known that their existence is known. Like, yeah. they just want their name to be said. You know, it's amazing how a little thing like... Calling someone by name mm -hmm. makes it personal for them. So yep. seeing their name handwritten makes it very personal and somebody thought about me. Um, so we were able to do that for our last middle school here in Collierville. And we'll put them up pretty soon in the next couple weeks or so. And it's going to be another time. I mean, the principal's already excited. She just could not stop her all caps. This is awesome <laughs> exclamation points. Can't wait. That kind of thing. Um, and so it's always fun to see the aftermath of just a little bit of perk that comes to yeah. the teachers and the um, knowing again, like being reminded again, okay, I chose this profession because I care about other people yeah. and I know it's going to make an impact and kind of get a reset of 
I'm gonna, you know, do my best for them. And in turn, it's for the good of our city. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's for God. I mean, it's not for us to say, oh, look what we did with that. Right. However, I will say, people start to notice these things oh, and they'll say, absolutely. again, not for our fame, but they'll say, oh, you guys go to that church that put those signs out. I love the message that that gives. Well, because what ends up happening is the principals will leave those signs. They'll yeah. allow the, the, the teacher, the, the, uh, they'll leave the signs out for sometimes a week. Uh -huh. So as the teachers are driving on the campus, they see it. And then, uh, at least with what's happened with a lot of my kids' teachers, they've taken the signs into their classrooms. Yeah and actually put them in their classrooms. Exactly. Which is really, really cool. It's probably a daily reminder for them that they oh, yeah. matter, uh, but then uh, it, it sits in all these, these signs sit in all yeah. these classrooms, you know, Monday through Friday, these kids come in and see that. Yeah. And even if even if that teacher's name is underneath it, hopefully it communicates something to that kid when they walk in and they see you Definitely. matter. You know? Definitely. Um, and I love the fact that it's not just for the teachers. I mean, we we put it in a way so that yeah. a grandma can drive by who has yeah. no grandkids at the school and she sees it and wonders and thinks, oh, that's so You neat. know, we should do that. We Grandma. should do that sometimes. Well, yeah, we should do like 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 in the like car the line, like get the get the teachers. Yeah, yeah, like get the yeah. I mean, get the principal to let us do this the next time we set some signs out. Is like in the car line, strategically say like you know grandparents. Yeah, you matter. That would be cool. Moms, you yeah. matter. Dads, you oh, matter. We all you know, Big that. brother, you know, you matter. Big sister, you matter. Just yeah. so like it's a it's communicating something to them yeah. as well. We should. There we next go. Time. That's, that's next time. That's our next. That's our fall break project 2023. <laughs> exactly. Is uh, uh, you matter signs for moms, the dads, community. and grandparents Everybody. coming coming to a middle school or high school period. Probably so. <laughs> well, Jessica, thank you so much for one uh, the way that you care about uh, our school partnerships and these kids, principals, teachers. Uh, I know it's not an easy job to. Uh, sort of be on call mm -hmm. in a way to respond to some of the needs that come up because uh, crises and needs like this are never planned. Never. Yeah. They always just sort of happen. Uh, you'll get a call on a Thursday that a single mom's getting evicted and yep. we got to figure out what to do. So thank you for the way that you care and I thank you for taking time today to be a part of the podcast and help our church connect with you and the vision and others who may listen. And thank you who are listening at home or in your car or at work or car line or wherever you find yourself today. Thanks for taking time to listen to the Let's Talk About Grace and Peace podcast. Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Let's Talk About Grace and Peace podcast today. For more information about our vision, you can visit us at gracehill901.com slash vision or drop us an email, info at gracehill901.com. We would love to hear from you. Hope you have a great week. Grace and peace.